there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Dr. Melissa McDonald, also known as Dr. Mac. And correct me if I'm wrong, you are the owner of a chiropractic performance clinic. That is correct. Awesome. Uh, How are you today, by the way? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Lucky and blessed for another day that I'm COVID free. (laughs) I just got my second dose of the vaccine last week. So hopefully by in about a week and a half, I will forever be safe from acquiring the Rona. That's awesome. I actually was stalking you on Instagram, you know, as part of my job to prepare for the podcast. And I saw that you got the vaccine. How did you feel afterwards? Honestly, the first 24 hours, so six hours after the vaccine, I started to have just some general reactions, achiness, tiredness, just overall feeling a little crummy. That happened with both doses. It lasted for about 24 hours and I went back to work the following day just fine. I did, after the second dose, take the following day off. Because I worked through it the time before and I was like, you know what? I have the time. I'm the owner. I can take some time off. So I did and I just spent the day home working on my EMT refresher. But it was easy peasy. Way better than when I actually had COVID back in May and was down for a month. So highly recommend vaccine. No big deal. COVID, huge deal. (laughs) 
You're one of the lucky ones. Um, I didn't know that you actually had COVID at some point. So very happy that you are here today to speak on that and that you've got those vaccines. Um, I have to ask because I'm always curious. I've asked my friends, I've asked, you know, doctors and nurses that I'm familiar with what their experience has been with, with the vaccine. So even though it's not exactly related, I wanted to know uh, your experience. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah. It was honestly really easy. I just rested, drank a lot of, lot of water, got my food in. And again, after 24 hours, I was fine and felt great. My arm might've been a little sore, but at this point I'm about a week later and I wouldn't have even known I gotten it. That's awesome. Well, glad that you're again here healthy, <laughs> even after the vaccine. There's some naysayers out there that might not or be opposed uh, to the vaccine. Hey, everybody, well, as needs, we mentioned, everybody needs to make the medical decision for themselves to get it or not to get it. But understand you don't know until you have it, how you're going to react or how your body's yes. going to respond and what your outcome is going to be. So having just that tiny ounce of control with the vaccine is always a little bit better than risking it with the virus. Yes. And everybody's different. Obviously, you know, do your research. There are various uh, vaccines. Uh, don't depend on someone else's opinion. Do your own work and determine how you want to move forward. And talk to your medical provider. Exactly. So as we mentioned earlier, uh, we're here with Dr. Mack, who has a chiropractic uh, clinic. And one of the things that we talked about during our initial introductions was uh, physical health. Obviously, as a mindset coach, for me, the mental health portion is, is important, but so is the physical health. So Dr. Mack, tell us, how did you get uh, to have this clinic? What was your path to becoming who you are today? Oh, that's a, that's a doozy of a story. I'll try to keep it short. So growing up, I always knew I wanted to help people. Initially, I thought I wanted to be a surgeon, but that was probably because I grew up watching Grey's Anatomy. And when you actually start shadowing and seeing how doctors work, you realize, oh, that show does not portray how it actually is in real life. And I didn't necessarily like the time that they spent with their patients. What I mean by that is I like to get to know my people. I like to be uh, understand what their concerns were. And with the insurance realm, they have really limited amount of time that they can see their person decide, are you surgical? Are you not surgical? And out the door you go. And I didn't mm -hmm. like that. I wanted to be more involved. I also wanted to give patients relief and escape and allow them to take control of their body. And I felt like the medications weren't giving people control. If anything, you add a med medication, it has side effects. You add another medication, it has side effects, and it just starts the snowball. And medications are absolutely needed, but they should be a last resort. So we should be maintaining our overall health through nutrition and movement. And this is what led me to chiropractic care. So I went to school. I got what I call the great disease of sports, where I started working sidelines as an EMT. And I just love the aspect of being there, seeing the injury. No, do I want to see people hurt? Absolutely not. But I was able to see from point of injury, bring them back to my clinic, rehab them and get them back on the field. And that pushed me into going into a sports fellowship 
where I got to work with a high-performance women's football team. And I mean gridiron, full pad, full contact football team. Uh, the wow. Minnesota Vixen, which has been around for 23 years now. This is going to be their 23rd season coming up. And with working with them and seeing the efforts that they put in and then also understanding that working with high-performance female athletes, the training differences between a male and a female is about 90% the same. But that 10% is where I focused my care and my capabilities with the team and that pushed them to that next level, which my last season with them, they actually went to the national championships their Super Bowl down in Atlanta. So I was pretty stoked about that. They didn't win, but it was okay. It was a close, hard-fought game. And after I completed my fellowship, I went, you know what? I want to keep doing this type of thing. And I couldn't find someone who would hire me and let me just kind of play by myself and Mm -hmm. play with my teams and go on sidelines and just do what I love. So I opened my own practice so I could do what I wanted, how I wanted to do it and care for the people that I love most. And that is how I opened Mobility Agility Chiropractic Performance. So I could do and be authentic to who I am as a provider. I love that. Isn't that usually the driving force for a lot of folks when they're starting a business or pursuing um, a path for work? or a career transition is they want to do what they want to do most times, right? And not be forced to maneuver down a path that somebody else has dictated. I gathered just from looking at your social media, because as I mentioned, I stalked you for a bit and looking at your website. And even now what you've been saying in terms of your path to having your practice, that you are very personable. You care about your patients, the type of services that you provide. Not to mention that you are an avid sports fan, you and your husband who helps to manage the clinic with you, right? Yep. So my husband helps in the clinic as he, well, he doesn't really do anything directly in the clinic. He helps with the strength and conditioning. So when I'm working with an athlete and I've rehabbed them to the point that they're about to return with their team, there's that gap from where they're just finished rehab to where they need to be fitness-wise to get actually back onto the court, the rink, the field, whatever they need. And that's where he steps in as a strength and conditioning coach to fill that gap. So it's a direct kind of co-management where I go, look, this person's at this point, this point, this point. We need to rebuild this, this, and this. Go. And that's how he works with my players. So he takes my athletes and gets them back to the rehab point. And even if my, and I will say probably 95% of my clinic is athletes, but then I have normies for lack of a better word, but I still call them (laughs) athletes because everybody has something they want to do. Is it going for Mm -hmm. walks? Is it playing catch with your kids? What is your athletic endeavor that you want? Even if other people wouldn't see it as an athletic endeavor, it's your athletic endeavor. And he also works with those individuals when needed to help continue their fitness realm. Because really, I'm there for when you do something silly. And by something silly, it's something maybe you have a passion for. Like, hey, I want to go hike up this mountain. Great. On your way up the mountain, you fell, you sustained this injury. Cool. Come see me. Let me patch it back together. Then let me send you to my husband to finish getting you ready for the next mountain you want to climb. Mm-hmm. 
So See, you actually um, answered my follow-up question, which is, do you only work with athletes or do you also work with folks who are not athletes? <laughs> I do. But I, again, I like to see everybody as an athlete because everybody has to do something. Maybe it's standing in the kitchen and cooking all day Thanksgiving dinner without having the low back pain. Maybe that's mm -hmm. your sport and that's your event. And forever, whoever does that, you know, it's hard work. That's your sport. I don't care what it is, but you're my athlete when you come see me. I love that. Hear that, guys? You go see her. You are an athlete. We're all athletes. <laughs> Something else I wanted to touch on, which you also mentioned, um, is health in relation to taking medication, right? So you advocate working on the physical health so you don't depend or rely on medication. I am so on board with you when it comes to that. I'd rather take care of my health through exercise and through not always eating healthy, but, you know, healthy enough. <laughs> balance. It's all I, about balance. Yes. And I am honestly very guilty of waiting until the very last moment to go see my doctor. I could be super sick and I'm like, I'm going to wait because I always think I can do it myself. My body, my physical health based on the work that I put in should be able to heal me, me back to normal. So I just want to say that I love the fact that you advocate taking care of your physical health besides, you know, medication, right? That shouldn't be the first or the go-to. It shouldn't, but there are times. Now, let, let, me, let me caveat some stuff here. One, there are definitely some things you can't help. Like if you're a diabetic and you need insulin, do not not take your insulin. Like, oh my gosh, right. don't do that. But and same even goes for like you holding out to the bitter end of your illness. That's also not smart. Oh my gosh. I know. If you have a nasty bacterial infection, that sucker can root its home and land you in the hospital. So no, there has to be a balance. And what I'm really talking about are the chronic diseases that as we age, we start just accumulating some medication that could have been prevented if we had taken care of ourselves in the first place. So our uh, high blood pressures, our type 2 diabetes, which are weight in, in managed, like when we're looking at those chronic preventable diseases, those are the ones mm -hmm. that we need to work and co-manage. And I'm not saying I'm the be all end all because I'm not. This is where we have to work with your primary care provider. We have to work with a nutritionist. We have to work with a personal trainer. We need to build the care team. Just like we say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to keep a human alive. And this is where you have to have the team that is on the same page wanting the same thing for you, which you as a patient also has to be engaged with that and understand it's mm -hmm. not a quick fix. It's not a short-term thing. It's a lifetime goal. It's a lifetime event that you're going through. We get one body, we get one brain, we have one opportunity, and we need to take everything we do each day to better ourselves and make sure we have the people around us to support us. See, I love that. And, and you know, all of that is common sense as well, but we also make decisions that are counterintuitive, right? We're just human. So as she mentioned, you know, you want to take care of yourself. You want to make sure that you're communicating with your primary caregiver. You want to make sure that if you're seeking any other sort of help, like a chiropractic service, 
you have that full 360 support to get you to where you need to be. And don't lead by my example, guys. I'm not advising for you to not see your doctor to the bitter end, okay? That was a hard lesson learned for me. I will never do it again. <laughs> listen to Dr. Mac. Don't listen to me. Oh, it, I admit we all have those moments where like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. And it's maybe you do, but it's not <laughs> something you really want to risk if you don't know what's going on. It's better to be proactive. You have a shorter, cheaper term of care. This is, this is something I tell my patients, look, if you roll your ankle the night before and you come to clinic right away, you're going to get better faster. But if you roll your mm -hmm. ankle and you put off coming to see me for two weeks, I have two weeks of bad healing I have to fight through to get you back on the road to recovery. So it's better to be proactive in seeing what's going on with your body and getting in and getting it taken care of quickly so that you can heal faster. But long-term health, long-term health is an everyday 24-7 thing that we have to do. And no, does this mean that I eat healthy every day and I'm perfect on my activity level. No, we all have those times that we struggle. We all have those times where we like get up in the morning and we're like, today is not my day. But the key is, is that you're still up, you've gotten dressed and you've done something. You're already on a better path than where you are at. And it's each day is your own personal fight, your own personal victory towards moving to the next one. Some days are going to go better than others. Some days are not going to be so great. And that's okay. That is so true. There are days where, where I still struggle. So to personalize this a little bit more, I was a high school athlete. I played basketball. I played volleyball. I did not have to worry about my weight or what I ate because of the amount of activity that I would get. Fast forward, I go to college. I'm not really doing sports anymore. I gain an excessive amount of weight where I become overweight. However, I didn't allow my weight to prevent me from still being active. So what's that term that they have out there now? Fat fit. <laughs> I was fat fit. And it wasn't until I had a wake up moment where I was trying to go on a roller coaster where the safety mechanism buckles over your thighs and it would not clear my thighs. And so I had to get off. It was very embarrassing, but that prompted me to then, okay, set the habits, work with the trainer to alter the mindset that was preventing me from being healthy. And I had a similar experience. I was a high school athlete. I ate everything and anything I wanted, and I was as thin as a rail. And that's not the case anymore. <laughs> but I've also changed what my goals are for what I want my body to do. And that's something I think people really struggle with is because you go on Instagram, you go on TikTok, and you see these influencers, and they have the appearance of the perfect body, the perfect light, the perfect everything. The thing mm -hmm. is, is you're watching maybe a 30 second, one minute video. That's not realistic. That's one minute out of a 24 hour day. That is mm -hmm. not how they're doing everything at that given time. Hey, they may have not eaten for 24 hours before that photo shoot. The minute the photo shoot's done, they are scarfing down every food possible and it is so unhealthy what they're doing. But that's, that's the beauty of Instagram. You don't have to know the truth. For me, I am what my husband calls is a sturdy gal, but I move a lot of weights in the weight room. 
and I'm healthy for what I'm trying to do with my body. I'm working towards the thousand pound club. The thousand pound club is where you add your bench, your deadlift and your squat to equal a thousand pounds. So that's a lot of weight that I want to move. And that's going to require me to have some mass to actually get that weight moving. Mm -hmm. That's interesting uh, that you say that because one of the things I noticed in my whole fitness journey was that your body or the or your shape or size does not dictate your strength or your level of fitness. I've seen folks running, you know, half marathons, full marathons who are heavier than me, you know, and obviously without the training, I couldn't do that. So social media, you know, is a double-edged sword, right? You see everyone's highlight reels, people put their best foot forward. But what I am liking that I'm seeing is that there are folks, there are influencers out there who are showing, okay, this is the posed Instagram photo of my body. And this is the normal way my body normally looks, which is awesome. So that I love. Yeah, we're starting to peek behind the curtain and actually see the realities of what people look like. And I I think that has been very good and healthy for individuals to see that it's not always the truth what's going on on Instagram. Right. Not to mention the fact that there are a lot of folks out there who do have procedures to enhance, you know, their body. Um, So I always tell folks, you shouldn't really compare your shape to somebody else's, right? You have what you have. You can work towards adjusting some of that, you know, gaining strength, maybe toning up here or there, but really focusing on what you see on social media isn't the healthiest, not for yourself physically, not for you mentally. No, when I'm working with someone who is trying to get healthier, I take away the scale. I take away those typical things that we use to grade. Are we doing better? And I go, what's your goal? What are you working towards? What is something you want to do that you can't do right now? Because that goal is going to be a better motivator then, oh, the numbers on the scale aren't going down. No, duh, they're not going down. How much muscle have you packed onto your body? How much better are your clothes fitting? And cool, the scale's actually gone up. Fine, who cares? You have more muscle than fat now and muscle weighs more. So I find finding metrics of goals for activities you want to do to be a much healthier way to get towards being healthier than actually focusing on numbers because those numbers can be so defeating when they don't fall away quickly, which a lot of times they're not supposed to. Yeah, I'm with you on that. When I had a period where I would look on the uh, jump on the scale and, and I'm like, okay, it's not changing, but I'm working out so much and I'm eating better. And it could be bloating from water. It could be the salt that you had during the day and, and most likely the muscle that you're gaining. So To your point, really how your clothes fit, what activities you can perform easier, uh, a much better indicator of where you are than what the the scale says. And on top of that, if you're a menstruating individual, if you're someone who has a period, you can theoretically, you should only weigh yourself on the same day each month at the same point of your cycle because your weight will fluctuate so much with each hormone with how much tissue the uterus is holding at that given time. There are so many ways that your body can fake you out, but yet it's doing a healthy 
normal activity. But if you weigh yourself at different points in that cycle, you're going to feel like you're failing. Right. Uh, agreed. I, I don't always follow that protocol, though. I've, I've read about that, about weighing yourself at a certain time of the day, making it the same, certain time of the month. Don't always follow it. But yes, again, guys, listen to Dr. Mac. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so going back to the thousand pound club, is this something you're doing just you or is it a group of people? Are you hosting this as an event? It's just me being a psycho. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's actually my husband and I sat down after 2020 and went, wow, we have not done anything to be healthy for the two of us. We've really embraced the 2020 sloth in, uh, avoiding the gym, eating whatever we wanted and are not doing a good job of taking care of ourselves. And we're not being good examples for our patients and clients. Okay. What can we do? Oh, neither of us like to lose. How can we benefit the fact that neither of us like to lose? And we definitely don't like to lose to each other because we are super competitive. Let's go to war. So we're having basically a who can get healthiest in 2021. We have certain metrics we're looking at for who gains the most amount of mass when it comes to their actual lifting, who loses the most amount of body fat, who actually gets closest to their uh, goal weight, which we're not following. The weight is probably the least restricted. We're definitely putting it on more of a who reaches their goals when it comes to lifting better. But that's how we're working together to kind of support each other to get healthy, but yet also competing against each other because neither of us want to lose. That is so great. And you know what? I would not be able to tell based on the fact that you guys are into sports. <laughs> Usually folks that have been athletes or really enjoy sports tend to have a bit of a competitive streak. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not a fun household to play uh, games with. <laughs> I say I'm not competitive, but I am <laughs> to a certain extent. So speaking of the normies, as you call them, that you uh, provide services for, one of the things that we touched on during our introduction was the fact that women can sometimes be afraid of weightlifting because they don't want to bulk up. There's this belief out there that isn't accurate. Can you expand on that with your normies? Do you get that still from, from your female clients? Oh, absolutely. When I'm working with someone that hasn't been in a weight room or has a misconception, because a lot of us growing up, so our 30, in our 30s and our 40s individuals grew up, we didn't have easy access to the weight room that kiddos are having access to now. It just wasn't something that was accessible to them because the strength coaches are like, oh, we're working with the football team. We're working with the baseball team. Go away, volleyball. Go away, girls basketball. You're not needed in this space. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that because of that instillment, there's also been that misconception that, oh, if I go lift weights, I'm going to bulk up and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I don't want to lose my femininity. Well, here's the thing. One, I'm sure some of you have seen the CrossFit athletes and have seen how fit they are. Cool. Going to the gym and lifting weights is not going to in have you looking like them unless you're lifting like eight hours a day the way they do. 
it's not going to happen. If you're training normally, our bodies as females does not produce enough testosterone to bulk on that amount of muscle to make you look masculine. If anything, it's going to create greater curves. It's going to tone, which toning is a stupid word in and of itself. But for for the point of this conversation, it's going to tone you. And the more muscle mass you have, the more your body consumes the fats you've stored because muscles require more energy to be supported. So you're actually going to burn fat faster. The other great thing about uh, weight training and specifically heavy weight training is it helps uh, prevent osteoporosis. In our Mm -hmm. 20s is when we put on majority of our bone density that we're going to have for the rest of our lives. And then from then on out, if we're not using our body, we're losing bone mass. So the more we can weight train, the more we can load our body healthy, we actually help the bones maintain their density, which if you're worried about having one of those like hunched over kyphotic curves, this is a great way to prevent that is to go into the weight room and start weightlifting. Another issue women have is, well, it's an intimidating space to move into because there's all these men and they're loud and they're grunting and they're making all these noises. So my method of dealing with it is to lift more weights and be louder than them. And that usually has them back off from me. (laughs) But when you're just starting out, that can be in an intimidating space. And that's where find a female strength coach. Find someone who's willing to work with you that you're comfortable with. Yes, you can absolutely work with a male coach. Yes, I would absolutely send people to work with my husband because I know he knows how to work with women and how to train them. But if you're not comfortable in that space, find someone you are that can help create a space that you feel safe lifting the heavy weights. It's going to help you live a longer, healthier life. You're making my job easy for me because I think of follow-up questions and you're just answering them as you go on. I'm like, okay, what what do I ask? <laughs> no, you gave some great tips there for uh, managing uh, maybe the fear of going to a weight room. I've you know felt the same way where I've before I got more comfortable with what the machines do and what weights I can use for what and what routine you know to go through. A lot of men. 10, like their thing is to lift weights. The majority of them spend their time racking dumbbells and whatnot, right? And they're always grunting. They're always making these excessive sounds, but not just that. I feel like they purposely hog (laughs) the areas where you would actually, you know, lift weights. So as a woman, you have to, one, I feel know what you're going in there to do, right? Know what your routine or what weights you're going to work with. And also be somewhat assertive because if not, you won't really get the leeway or the room to get through your exercise. There is a little bit of that. Like I said, I go in there and like last night, I went and did my deadlift routine. And yes, I have a a workout on my phone that my husband has written for me, specifically geared towards getting to my thousand pound goal. And I have my core lift with each day. So yesterday was deadlift day. I grabbed my hex bar, which is just a bar that looks like a hexagon that is a little bit more biomechanical to deadlift so that I'm not 
risking my low back. I loaded up my 235 pounds and I started picking it up and dropping it down and making sure everybody knew I'm here to work and leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And then it's also just understanding the fact that, yes, they're going to move freely and take up space. Do the same thing. Don't have a fear of them trying to encroach on you. And hey, if they come and they approach and they're like, oh, hey, baby, let me help you. <laughs> Develop the face. Develop the face that screams, I'll murder you. I have a very good one. <laughs> and they just they just suddenly go away. But for the most part, I've honestly not had an experience in a weight room where I've had that creepy guy come up and try to help me. But again, I'm usually moving a lot more weights than most of the guys in there. And they're usually like, mm-hmm. I don't want to mess with her. So like, good, she knows what you. she's doing. I'm going <laughs> to stay away. <laughs> so, but if you see another female in the weight room working and you're like, I, I really just have a question. If I were there, I'd be happy to answer your question. I can't speak to everyone, but I would be happy to answer your question because I would want to see more people in the space that I identify with working out so that I had a safer space than just having the creepy guys. And oh, yesterday was a doozy. There was a individual wearing see-through white leggings, a gentleman, <laughs> see-through white leggings. Take that visual. Oh, man. Oh, Squatting. So bad. <laughs> all, all the things, all the things. <laughs> Oh my gosh, gym horror stories. I can tell you I haven't been to a gym due to COVID. It's it's opened, it's closed, and I don't even know what state we're in right now. But uh, I have had incidents where I'm trying to get my workout in and some creeper will come up and say, you know, can they help me? And they're flirting. And I'm just like, I just want to get my workouts and I'm not here for socialization. Um, but one of the things that, that helped me initially with getting comfortable was I did work with a female uh, trainer. That was my first step, right? Had her introduce me to the weights and what I could do, build a routine for me. And then at a later point, I worked with a male trainer. So now, okay, I get that testosterone, a little bit more assertiveness. And then after being introduced and being walked through a routine and having you know both perspectives, male and female, I'm now more than comfortable with you know going to the weight training area and and doing my weight training routine. Um, Do you have any other advice for women to manage any sort of fear or intimidation they might have other than knowing what they're going in there to do? Yeah. So I think one of the things that makes it intimidating is not knowing, again, what to do. And there are a number of online resources for looking up programs, for looking up combinations of how you can string things together. And frankly, going to YouTube and going, okay, I want to know how to use this machine. What's this machine called? Going to YouTube and watching a video on how to use it. So if you don't feel comfortable asking someone, use the internet as a resource to figure out how to do what you want to do in the gym. Yes, there are some crazy things I have seen, understand. I do not encourage standing on an unstable surface and moving weights, like standing on a ball and like doing squats. Don't do that. I that is asking. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I, sh- I probably shouldn't say this because that's really bad for my business, but don't do it. You're going to get hurt and end up in my clinic. So there are just 
understand it doesn't have to be that complicated. It can really be just that simple, but getting in, moving weights, and specifically moving free weights, getting away from the machines and being comfortable in the free weight area is going to be so healthy and good for you. So another thing um, which I've also experienced in the gym (laughs) is a little bit of competitiveness, right? Uh, Say you're doing a certain routine, a certain set, somebody else might see what you're doing and now they make it their prerogative to compete with you. Have you seen that in your gym and in your clinic with your clients? I mean, yes and no. Not not hugely. Like my patients sometimes, especially if they're from the same team, will set up competitive lifting with each other just to help keep each other motivated. And if I'm lifting at my university gym where I know more people there, sometimes we'll do some competitive stuff just for fun, but never like where I'm in a gym where I'm not knowing anybody. Are we starting to be competitive per se? Uh, I mean, sometimes I'll be like looking and be like, oh, look at all these guys squatting 135 pounds. I think it's time for me to squat 225 and show them what real weight is. (laughs) But that's, that's my mentality when I enter Mm -hmm. that space. So usually it's more me, I guess, (laughs) being -hmm. being the, 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 the lug head and just being all loud with all my weights. It, I, it brings me so much joy. It's why I can't have a, a membership at Planet Fitness. I get the lunk alarm. Like every time I'm there, they're like, you're being too loud. You're grunting too much. I'm like, (laughs) whatever. I'm here to move some weights. I bet it's fun to work out with you. (laughs) It's, it's a rowdy time. We, you know, occasionally we're doing some crazy things. I, I will say this. I'm not a cardio person. You're not going to find me on a treadmill. You're not going to find me on an elliptical. If I need cardio, I'm going to lift my weights faster. That's my version Mm -hmm. of cardio, or I'm going to go play racquetball. That's how, and that's something that you have to recognize when it comes to getting active and being physically fit. If you hate something, if you viscerally hate doing it, don't do it. Find something you actually love to do that gets you motivated to move. And that's your activity. And it doesn't have to look the same. There is no Mm -hmm. one perfect workout, no matter how many times a guru will be like, Everybody needs to do yoga. Yoga is the thing. No, if you hate yoga, don't do yoga. Find the activity you love and do that. I feel personally attacked right now because I thought of burpees when you said that. (laughs) Every time I do a workout video, so I I reference YouTube a lot for like workout routines. And anytime burpees come up, I'm like, damn you. (laughs) I hate burpees. Oh, you you want to have you want to have something worse than a burpee? No, <laughs> this is worse than a burpee. It's an eight count muscle up. It combines a burp. Oh, it's an eight. My husband just corrected me. It's an eight count bodybuilder. Okay, gotta look so, that up. But tell me. <laughs> basically, you squat down, hip thrust back into a plank position, push up do a jumping jack in the plank position, jump forward and go all the way to the top. So it's like a burpee plus. That sounds like for somebody who is super fit and super athletic, which I am not. 
but I'm definitely going to look it up to see what it actually, like I pictured it, but I'm like, no, I want to see somebody do it. <laughs> I have videos on my YouTube channel. <laughs> I got to check out your YouTube. You know, you have a lot of outlets out there. You have your website, you have Instagram, you have YouTube. Like there was just so much. And I was like, okay, I'm only going to stock her website and her Instagram before, you know, I go too deep. <laughs> I, I try to make sure that I have content and I fully admit I have not done my due diligence since the start of about midway through the pandemic. I have not done a good job of updating my YouTube. I have not done a good job of updating my TikTok. I have predominantly been focusing on my Instagram and Facebook, but it's on my to-do list because I'm going to admit it with the pandemic, how long it's been going on. I have not been motivated. I have not been in a creative mindset and I just haven't had the willpower to push past that self block other than to do podcasts. That's the one thing that I'm like, I can do this. This is easy enough on my psyche and creativity for me to do and participate in, but to actually be creative, to, uh, create the content of videos to make them interesting, to keep them entertaining, to make them useful. I just haven't been there. And it's hard to admit to be like, yeah, I haven't been in a healthy headspace to be able to do this because of the pandemic, but I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it publicly so that other people can be like, you know what? I felt the same way and it's okay. No, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And the pandemic has given reason to do so many things and not do so many things, right? People have explored new interests and hobbies, new professions even, and others have taken a step back just so they can maintain their, their mental sanity. I have to say kudos to you though, because you, I was, I was like, whoa, she is doing a lot. That is amazing. How do you do all of that and manage a business? Um, <laughs> a, a lot of it is scheduling and for my podcast, particularly, how I keep up with it is I just batch record. I sat down when I was down with COVID and recovering and just figuring things out and had downtime and recorded an entire year's worth of content and that I just have to send to my editor to edit so that it's done. I don't have to worry about my, I'm pretty much recorded through halfway through June and I should have completed through June in the next week or two because that's how... I knew I needed to manage this so that it looked like I had my act together when I'm still working <laughs> on getting it back to the level I want it to be. I mean, mm -hmm. I used to have a consistent blog that came out like twice a month and now it's kind of ish every month and I'm working on bringing that content back, making sure I'm cycling back to it and bringing more content that is usable so that you can watch and then take something home and help yourself with it. And I mean, it just, I'm in the planning phases. I have my notebooks. I've put some content down. I just haven't physically sat down and done it because I just, I haven't been creative. Well, in my opinion, and again, this is only outside looking in and the little that I know about you, it's a lot and you're managing it exceptionally well because I looked at your page, uh, your link tree, and I was like, whoa, overwhelm. But that's good, right? Because that means that you have so many channels where you can share your value and, and share your services. That's what I'm trying. I want my motto of my clinic is get people better faster, keep them better longer because no one has time to be sidelined. 
I don't want to see people sitting on the sideline, no matter what their sideline is, because we don't have time. You don't have time to not be able to sit at your desk and work. You don't have time to not be at your kid's soccer game. You need to be able to do what you need to do day in and day out. And that's the entire mission of my clinic. I recognize the fact that my tiny clinic in the Twin Cities of Minnesota is not going to be able to care and help for everyone, which is why I started a podcast. It's a podcast that has global reach. It's a healthcare that will whiplash you back into health as we jump through different topics. I wanted to have that outreach to get people advice, care, whatever they needed on any topic from menopause and emotional eating and finances to male mental health, whatever topic that is brought to me by a listener, I find an expert to present to them so that they have the resources. And this way, I'm helping what little I can to get people better faster. I love that. So again, Dr. Mack has her own clinic, right? All these services she provides, but she also has these various media outreach where she can share information and help others in that way. So one of the things I like to do with my guests is always ask about imposter syndrome in some way. And being that you are in a field where there could be a little bit of male dominance, especially, you know, in the weight room, have you ever had a client of yours or even a stranger challenge your authority and your knowledge on your chiropractic services? Ooh, yes, but it was in a very specific setting at an event. So I have my practice and it was also when I was still in a sports fellowship. So I hadn't completed my sports training. I hadn't completed my sports certifications and I was, oh, where was I? No, it was actually in a clinical setting. I was working with a kiddo that had sustained a head injury and I was trying to explain to the parent why the kid couldn't compete, why the kid couldn't do the activity that they needed to do. And I mean, they, they, they challenged me hard and we're like, well, we don't care what you're saying. We're going to have our kid play. And I was like, what, what, what? Okay, sure. Um, and it, it became a bit of a mess, but ultimately the athletic director supported me and the Minnesota state law supported me. And there is a minimum amount of time that a student has to be held out when a suspected head injury occurs. And mm -hmm. that was probably the least traumatizing one for someone kind of standing up to me. I mean, I have... I don't think anybody in any form of level of profession can't not have imposter syndrome. And this is something that I've been working through because it's hard being a female sports provider to stand up and just be like, no, you're going to listen to me and not come across as bossy, demanding, or uh, whiny and nagging. Those are all terms that depending upon how I present 
the information that I'm providing can be applied to me. And that's really hard to deal with when you're like, oh my God, how do I say this? Where a male provider could just walk in, say, this is how it is. And no one questions it. And it is something that I'm working through. And someone's like, why don't you just own the word bossy? Who cares? Who cares if people see it badly? Just own the word you're bossy. That's fine. And I was like, oh God, what, what am, okay, I guess I'm bossy. But it's true. The fact that I need to be able to stand on my two feet. I have done the education and this, I think this is the hardest part about imposter syndrome. I can stare and I can look at the certifications. I can look at the training I've done and I can still convince myself that I haven't done enough to be an authority in an area. And that's not okay. I need to look at it and be like, look, I've done this training. I've continued my training. I have continued to work with the best in the world and gotten mentors from uh, around the world that are the top in what they're doing. And they're helping me make sure that I stay on top of things. I know what I'm doing and I need to stand on my two feet with it. Thank you for being so candid about that. It's, you know, obviously men have imposter syndrome as well, but my focus is more on the female perspective. And I find that women who are highly educated, who have years of experience in their field, certifications, courses, what have you, still experience imposter syndrome. And that's not to say there's any way to fully eliminate that. You can diminish it. We're all human. We're going to encounter it at one point or, or another. It's how you manage through it. Yep. Which I think you're doing very well. <laughs> you're not, least- you've come off so confident and so authoritative and knowledgeable that sometimes when somebody tells you, yeah, I suffer from imposter syndrome, it's like, hmm, are you sure? <laughs> oh, this is something that I've been working on for many, many months. Uh, I actually did an episode on my podcast about a imposter syndrome where I went into a deep dive of where my imposters are and how they've affected me and how I have in some aspects of some other male providers have been put down and taken what they've said to heart. And then I recognize, wait, why, why am I listening to this person? They're, they're just belittling me because they're threatened by me because I've done the work that they haven't taken the time to do. And I need to be able to stand on my two feet and be a point of authority and be something that can be looked up to because how I present myself on social media, my content, my business influences. So I also teach at a university that has young chiropractors and how I present myself is how my students see me. And I want to make sure, especially for my female students, that they have someone that they can look up to, that they know, yes, they can do exactly what they're seeing other male providers do, but they can do it as a female and it is just fine. They can have it all. They don't just have to be an associate. They don't just have to work with mama babies. They can be a sports chiropractor. And that's that's foot pushed me to become more uncomfortable, more comfortably uncomfortable with my imposter. But there are still days that I sit there and I go, I can't do this. Oh my gosh, this is way too much. And I just I have to have a come, have a moment with myself and go, yes, you can. You got this. I got to go find that podcast so I can listen to it and learn a little bit more about how you manage that and your struggles. But I love the fact that you said that you, you know, you teach at university 
So you come in contact with students and you want to make sure that your female students see you as a role model. They can see what they can accomplish, what they could work in and, and take you as an example. I think that women who lead by example do such a great service for others who may not quite know where they fall yet. A big book that was fundamental in me changing my perspective and how I saw myself as a professional was Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. That book rocked my world when it came to how I saw myself, how I saw other women in professional positions and how sadly we kind of sabotage ourselves at times and how we need to stand on our two feet and not focus purely on, Oh, I can't accept this position because I might do this in the future, or I can't do this because I might No, lean in, step up, do everything. Ever, it'll all fall into place in time. That's a great book. If you guys haven't read it, definitely add it to your list. It is such a great resource. I love self-help. I love self-help books. I Anything self-help, mind you, obviously I'm a coach, kind of goes with my whole thing. <laughs> so I'm all about self-development. Um, so Dr. Mack, is there any advice you would give to women who are looking to step into your field? Ooh, yes. Research your schools. Know what school you are going to and what their background in care and practice. There is hundreds of chiropractic techniques. There are many, many philosophies of practice, and it's important that you find a school that you can align with well and that you have faculty there that will support you. So great. Find a mentor, find someone to talk to. If you want to talk to me about it, please reach out. But definitely do your research when it comes to chiropractic. There are, in my opinion, better schools than others. Uh, my top favorite, of course, the one I work for, Northwestern Health Sciences University. But I also like Western states out in Oregon. And there's a brand new one in Florida. It starts with a K and I can Kaiser. Kaiser University in Florida, definitely those three schools. So you got Florida, Minnesota, Oregon. So you have a nice spread across the entire United States are kind of my top three right now because they practice and they teach how I want future chiropractors to function. Makes sense. That's great. You want to go with something that you have experience with. So that advice makes complete sense. Now, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you might want to share with the audience? Oh, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. We've been all over the place in topics and it's been wonderful. I know. <laughs> I, I, I think the one thing I want to share is this. There are three care, three keys to healthy living, move, sleep, drink water. Yeah. Simple. I love it. What's that, that term? Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I, my entire life functions off the kiss principle. Same. I try to keep it as simple as possible. Also because I'm a little bit lazy sometimes. <laughs> efficient. efficient. We change our language. We are efficient. <laughs> this is true, guys. Don't listen to me. Listen to Dr. Mac again. So Dr. Mac, how can folks connect with you? We talked about your website. We talked about Instagram and Facebook. What other? YouTube, obviously, which will update at some point. 
Yep. YouTube, which will be updating probably in March. So my YouTube channel is Mobility Agility Chiropractic Performance, which is the name of my business. And my podcast is the Mac Performance Podcast. And it's found on all your uh, usual listening locales. We just released our 36, no, 33rd episode today. And it was all about having an injury and having to change your career and how to fix it. So it every week's a little different. Every week's, I think the following week is something about postpartum care. So, I mean, it's all over the place. But not a problem with that, right? You're just sharing value information, whether it's coming from you or the guests that you host on the pod. Mm-hmm. It's all about finding there's going to be at least one episode that you can find value in, maybe not all of them, or you might see something that you want to share with a friend. And that's what I want that podcast to be is a resource reservoir. As it should be, right? We're all out here trying to impart knowledge, wisdom, provide some sort of resource. So that's great to hear. So guys, as we talked about earlier, she has a lot of outlets out there where you can connect with her and we're going to include all that information in the podcast details. Definitely go check her out. Look at her website, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, podcast, you name it. Dr. Mac, it was so fun having you on here. I learned a little bit myself and I'm going to go stalk you a bit more after this. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This was wonderful. 